Amen. So I just wanted to start off by telling you a story that I heard. But I, I don't know if this story is biblically or doctrinally correct, so you could pa- check with Pastor George right after the service. But I heard about this lady who died and went up to heaven. And when she got there, she saw St. Peter and said, Well, you, you live for Jesus, and you can come into heaven. Because the Bible says, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you've lived for Jesus on earth, when you die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But he said, but there's just one more thing. You have to spell a word before you come in. He said, what word? Oh, just pick any word. So she said, okay, I'll spell love, L-O-V-E. And he says, okay, you could come in, but do me a favor. I'm going on my break. So if you could just stand here, and if anyone else comes in, you do the same thing that I did. So she's standing there. All of a sudden, her ex-husband comes to the gate. And and he had Jesus in his heart. He says, well, you could come in, but you just one thing. You have to do one more th- requirement. He said, what? She says, spell Czechoslovakia. <laughs> yeah, that, was a, that was dedicated to all those exes out there somewhere. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to speak today from the book of Genesis. And I'm going to tell the story of of a young man named Joseph, who who was the son of Jacob. And he had 11 other brothers. And Jacob, he had big plans for his life. God gave him dreams. And one day God revealed to him in, in different dreams that one day Joseph would be greater and he would do greater things than anyone else in his family ever did. Maybe some of you have dreams like that. Maybe some of you have a plan to become the first one from your family to graduate college or own a successful business or buy a house or work in ministry. Well, that was Joseph's dream, the dream God gave him. He was primed for great things. Not only that, but he was the favorite son of a rich and powerful father who had given him a beautiful coat of many colors to show him that you are my favorite. I'm going to stand by you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to launch you out. See, Joseph had big expectations and big dreams and plans. But the problem is he went and bragged about them, about how one day he'd be so great. He went and told his brothers, one day you're all going to bow down to me. Sometimes it's not such a good idea to tell everybody everything. You don't always have to go around, oh, God used me so greatly and I'm going to do great things. Sometimes you have to watch who you're saying what to. His brothers became angry and jealous. And just a few verses later, after it talked about the great things Joseph was going to do, I'm going to read from Genesis 37, verse 19. These are his brothers speaking. They said, here comes that master dreamer. Come on, let's kill him 
and toss him into a well and tell father that a wild animal had eaten him. Then we'll see what will become of all his dreams. So when he got there, his brothers ripped his coat off, threw him into a well, and even though they killed him, they sold him into slavery. And a little later on, because of injustice, he was thrown into a prison. You see, if we stop at this point of the story, it seems like all of Joseph's dreams and plans were over. If you had big dreams and the next thing you know, you're laying in a pit and you're on a caravan somewhere to Egypt as a slave. And and the next thing you know, you're falsely accused and put in prison. You might think, well, maybe I made a mistake about those plans. Maybe God didn't give me those dreams. You see, life didn't go the way that he expected it to. That was smooth transition, right? I'm supposed to pretend like you didn't see that. Well, as I said, life didn't go the way he expected it to. See, and I'm here to testify today that I can relate to Joseph's story. You see, just a few years ago, I had plans that one day when my wife would retire, that she would travel with me in ministry and go, go to different churches together to pray for people, that we'd go on vacations and, and have a nice home that after she didn't have to work anymore. Well, the, the, in 2013, she retired, and that same year she was diagnosed with kidney failure or end-stage renal disease. And she had to go on dialysis, which means her kidneys didn't clean her blood, so she had to be hooked up three times a week for four hours, and all of her blood would have to be transported through a machine, a mechanical kidney, to cleanse her blood. Well, after that, she was too tired, mostly even to go out, even to go to church. She was rarely able to go anywhere other than doctor visits and, and different procedures. She had multiple hospitalizations and surgeries, so many times having to call the ambulance in the middle of the night. But through all that, God's hand was e- evident. See, many times God brought her through when it looked like the end, when the doctor says, well, this could be it. Somehow the power of God would come down again and again. Even to give one more week is a gift from God. One more year with the person. That's that's a gift from heaven. When when their health is failing, when when they told my wife, well, you might never walk again. I'll never forget that day. She just stood up and started suddenly walking around the house. When I was thinking in my mind, well, I might never be able to go anywhere again and leave her, she just got up and started walking. So I've seen the hand of God. I've I've seen the realm of the miraculous through all of that. But three weeks ago, and I, um, my wife ended up 
in the ICU, the intensive care unit at the hospital. And the doctors pronounced that most likely she wasn't going to make it through the night. And the same thing had happened just three weeks before. Just three weeks before, she was in that same ICU. And miraculously, after three days of being unresponsive and unconscious and on a breathing machine, she just suddenly opened her eyes and woke up. God did another miracle. So as my, as my wife, a few ye- weeks ago, as she laid one more time in the intensive care, and the doctor says, well, we believe she's not going to make it, I expected the same thing to happen again. I expected supernaturally, miraculously, she was going to wake up out of the bed, and somehow there would be a happily ever after. But Not only she would wake up, but the power of God would come, and all the things that I planned in my own mind were going to happen. See, but like with Joseph's life, it didn't go the way that I expected it to go. This time she didn't make it through. This time the miracle didn't come. You see, going back to Joseph, through all that he went through, he never blamed God or got angry or bitter. He must have been confused and had many questions. See, and I had many questions when that happened. But in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, as we're in this world, we see through a dark glass. We're just not going to understand If you have questions, well, why did this happen? How could God allow that to happen? Well, we just can see in part. We can't fully understand why God does what he does or doesn't do what he doesn't do. And I I question God. Well, why would Norma be awakened from a near death after three days of being unresponsive just to go through the same drama and the same trauma just two or three weeks later. But God showed me that in his mercy, he gave as a gift those last two weeks. You see, up to that point for months, my, my wife had a stroke because her heart was infected. And the infection was going up to her brain. And because of that, she was getting confused and disoriented. Sometimes she didn't know where she was, who she was speaking to. But all of a sudden, when she woke up in that hospital, she was back totally in her right mind. So I had two extra weeks with her, being able to talk where she could once again share her heart to be with the person that I knew all those years. The second thing is, one thing she wanted was to celebrate her birthday. Anyone who would come, I got a birthday coming up. My, my birthday's coming, I can't wait to celebrate. And in God's grace, in his mercy, 
She was able to celebrate that last birthday, and her whole room was filled with flowers and presents. She sang. She, she worshipped. See, I have a choice. I can get bitter, or I could see that as a gift from heaven. I want to read a scripture, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. And the next part is what I want to emphasize. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. See, that's the work of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. To bring beauty from ashes, joy from mourning, and praise instead of a spirit of sadness and heaviness and despair. And say, I've taken hold of that scripture. That's why you need to know the Word of God. Not just on Sunday morning. You need to know it. You need to read it. You need to get it in your heart so that when you go through something, you're able to pull it out and stand on God's Word and His promise. You see, for me right now, it's a day-by-day process. I can't tell you that the next day I woke up with joy and I saw the beauty of the Lord and everything's wonderful. But little by little, God is removing the ashes of the memories and the broken pieces and the the broken expectations and the dreams that never happened. Little by little, God is taking them away. And I'm beginning once again, day by day, to once again see the beauty of the Lord as it's working out in his plans for my life. Little by little, I see joy returning and the desire once again to just sit and worship the Lord. See, my circumstances in no way takes away the fact that he is still God. He's still on the throne. And he's still worthy. You see, maybe for some of you, maybe some of you can relate to this. Maybe like Joseph, things, there are things in your life that didn't work out the way that you planned. Maybe you had a marriage and you pictured it would last forever. And one day, it, it, or little by little, it just began to disintegrate. Or maybe you're single and you thought you found the one. It didn't work out. Instead of your Boaz, you found Bozo. 
Or maybe you got a job. This was the best job that you ever had. And the next thing you knew, it became a nightmare. You started hating going to work. Maybe you pictured great things for your son or daughter. You had great expectations, and today they're totally making a mess out of their lives. Maybe, like me, a loved one died who was close to you, and, it, and it's been hard to get through the pain. Your happily ever after didn't work out as you planned, just like me. And sometimes we mess up our own dreams and plans. Sometimes it's not the enemy. Sometimes it's not life. Sometimes we make choices that can totally, totally shipwreck what God has for us at the time. Well, there's grace for you. Even if you messed up your own life, you, you did what you knew you shouldn't have done. You went, God told you, go that way, you went the other way. There's grace and mercy for you. You see, God's story in your life is not over. You see, the spirit of the Lord is here. To bring beauty from ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of, he- of despair. Whatever's happened to your life, whatever's gotten burnt up, the things that you thought by now it would have been in place. I thought by now I would have been married. I thought my husband would have been different by now. I thought I would be out of debt after all these years. And we, a lot of times we can become disappointed and depressed and come into a place of mourning. Well, God wants to restore that. God wants to restore your dreams, your visions, whatever's been burnt into ashes. God can make something beautiful out of your life, even out of your mess. It, maybe it was all your fault. You wish you never met that bum. You knew you shouldn't have cooked up with him. Everybody told you. And he, just, he left you destroyed. Well, out of those ashes can come beauty. Just as I'm believing for my life, I'm believing for every one of you. We don't have to walk around in mourning and sadness because God wants his people promises in his word that he will take away that darkness, take away that despair, and give us a garment of praise. We're in the midst of the darkness, in in our worst season, when it looks like it's all over, we can just stand up and begin to praise and worship the Lord. And the scripture says that God inhabits the praises. In other words, if you want God to show up, just start to praise him. You wake up in the middle of the night, just begin to worship him. And the present God says, I will come. When you praise me, I will fill you up. I'll fill up the atmosphere with my presence. He wants to show us his beauty. 
out of the ashes of the mess, those broken places in our lives, whether somebody hurt us, we hurt ourselves, or things just happen. Some things are just part of life. People die. Sickness comes. But whatever those ashes are, there's a God who restores. You see, Psalm 34, verse 18, says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. See, if you're hurting... The Spirit of God is so close. There's a quote from C.S. Lewis. He said that in the good times, God whispers, but he shouts in our pain. When we're hurting, he shouts his love. He shouts his promise. He He shouts his goodness and his purpose. He's close to you. He has not abandoned you. If you're going through that broken season where what you expected never came to pass, you're disappointed. He is as near as your heart. He's close to you, and he's not going to let you shake him off. I've seen a lot of people try. You know, you could decide, oh, I'm mad at God. I'm leaving church. I'm never coming back to God. And you go in the club, and he'll follow you right into the club. (laughs) Right past the bouncer, everything. (laughs) You see, you can't shake him because he's near, and he won't let go. You see, here's the good news about that scripture. In the end, Joseph's dreams came true. His purpose was fulfilled. But if we would have stopped the story back in the previous chapter, it would have looked like it was all over. But what about the rest of the story, the end of the story? Your story is not over. This is not the end. I'm believing that for me. I'm believing my best days are still ahead of me. I'm believing God has another plan for my life, and his purpose still stands. See, God might have one purpose for my life, but he might have a thousand different plans of how to get there. And if you mess up one plan, he'll he'll lead you on another. If we turn to him and, and we follow his leading, he'll do like he did with Joseph. You see, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and I'm going to ask for Lee to come and Pastor Ephraim. Joseph told his brothers who tried to kill him, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good 
He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Say, whatever you're going through, God is working it for your good. Whatever somebody try to hurt you or mess you up or stop you. Maybe somebody put a knife right in your back and turned on you. Well, what what they meant for evil, God's going to turn it around and bring beauty on his goodness. But God is coming after you today. So I'm going to ask them to, they're going to sing a song just about how God does that, how he's tenacious, that he won't let you go until his purpose is performed in your life. Oh! 
Just sing that together one more time. Just say, oh, the old. 
Amen. I'm, I'm going to ask everyone to stand right now. You see, this wasn't a message of gloom. This was a message of hope. That God will take our mess. He'll take all the broken pieces, everything that looks unworthy and discarded, and make something beautiful. Maybe you really messed up this time. You're disappointed in yourself. How could I ever done that? We're going to today just give it to God. All our disappointment. Everything that we thought would happen, and it didn't happen that way. Father, we thank you today, Lord God. Beauty for ashes. Joy for mourning. A spirit of praise instead of despair and hopelessness. See, I I believe there's some of you here today like me. Things didn't happen the way you expected it to. You had, you had a plan. You had a dream. That, that person passed away. The relationship broke up. The job fell apart. The opportunity, the door closed. If that's you, I, I believe there's some of you here. Will you join me up here right now? saying, I thought it would be like this. This was going to be the time finally it was going to work out. We want to pray for you today. We want to restore the hope, the goodness of God. It's not about one day we're going to die and we're going to... We're going to be happy and joyful. We'll be in the glory. But we want to bring the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says, is in you. We can experience those things. We have victory right here on earth. So I'm going to ask some of those from the prayer team just just to come around. How do you know you're on the prayer team if I've asked you to pray before? That means you got to get out of the seat, not look around if somebody is going to look at me. Let's just, let's just worship the Lord. Let's take off that spirit of despair. Let's take off that heaviness. I just release over you right now a garment of praise in Jesus' name. Maybe some of you, you don't feel like praising. I release that garment, the spirit of, of rejoicing. That spirit of worship is resting upon you right now. 
defenses, oh God, and your patience and your weight, oh God. Oh Father, today we drop down our defenses. We lay down and we put our hands up and we surrender to you, Lord. You have captured our hearts. You have won our affection this morning, Lord. And today, Father, we seek to be made new. We seek you to be made new, oh Father. So, Father, from this day forward, oh God, we call you our Lord, our Savior. Change every aspect of our life. Come and take over every aspect of our life, oh God. You know what's best for us, Father. Our decisions, we based on you, oh God. Show us your plan for us, Lord. Reveal to us your purpose, oh God so that we can just steadily, steadily walk after those steps that you've already ordered for us, each and every one of us, Lord. Father, we trust you because we've seen you come through time and time again. And though it may not be in the way that we expected, but it's always in the way that we need it, in the way that brings you the greatest glory. So, Father, let our lives bring you glory. Father, we come through this season, through our trials and victory, oh God, because we come through it not alone, but with you. Father, once again, we surrender our hearts. You have it. You own it. You deserve it. Release you here, family. You are blessed. Please continue to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.